There you go, Mr. Marvin McGill. We have him here. He's the founder, president, owner of All Us We, a mentoring program out of the greater Atlanta area. It's a nonprofit organization created by men for the specific purpose of mentoring boys in the years of their adolescence through their through their passage into manhood. Now, what does that really mean as you talk about that? Because I think that's very critical that we understand. Real shit. Kids, kids run into trouble. Life, life starts in sections. From one to seven, you get a personality. From seven to fourteen, you work on that personality. From fourteen to twenty-one, generally, you are who you are. And then we work on guys. We used to get in trouble. Young boys used to get in trouble between adolescence and manhood, between the ages of eight and eighteen, ten and seventeen. They usually get in trouble. Usually, if you don't have a positive influence in your life at that time. You won't. You won't. I work with single mothers with male children. At some point, there's some things that mothers can't teach boys. And so what we did, we came up with an organization that may be able to help boys process what they need better, uh, what it takes to be a man. So you got so, mis- so many misconceptions about what a man is and what a man does. Some boys think if you got enough money, you're a man. If you drive the right car, you're a man. If you can curse the loudest, you're a man. As many girls as you can be with, you're a man. But it comes from not knowing exactly what it is you need to do. And so in order for our neighborhoods and our communities and our country to get better, we have to make them better. We have to bring in young men, men who've been there, got experience, and can teach. I like that. And I think that's very, very positive. Um, way of looking at it because we all know that these are challenges that everyone faces. Um, you know, one of the things that you say that you believe that it is the responsibility of the man in the community to guide our boys into integrity, um, accountability, uh, emotional stability, you know, all these things that you just spoke of. And so what we're really saying is that we need men to be men. Each one teach one. Each one teach one. I like that saying. Um, now, in doing so, uh, these boys will gain more essential tools to get through their adolescent years. And, and when you talk about these tools that they're going to gain, what would you say that that is in specific? Integrity. Breakdown uh, integrity, because I think that that's something that we don't really understand. Doing the right thing when ain't nobody looking. There we go. So Doing the right thing. How long, and, but, and I always say, and that's awesome, awesome to do the right thing. Um, when no one else is looking and how you do it, but what thing are you doing and how long can you stay consistent in doing that? And then also working on other things that you can begin that same process. So how do you break down that thought that, you know, when doing the right thing when no one else is looking or just doing the right thing becomes one thing, how long should we, what What are some practices in order to allow us to make that something that becomes a habit um, and not just something that we do just for, for that Lifestyle. time? It becomes a lifestyle. So how do we get that? You have to change your lifestyle. Okay. Because children are a product of what they see. So in in some community, children see people with money, and and they have no integrity of how they get the money. So children need to know that a man, a person, a human, have to be caring. A human have to be respectful. A person have to be able to say yes. Let your yes be yes and your no be no's. And we're trying to grow leaders and not followers. We're trying to teach boys that, boys and girls, matter of fact, we're trying to teach them that you was here, you a gift, you were given to the world. You you bring a certain 
gift to the world. You bring a specific gift to the world. Without you, there's something going to be missing in the world. And we try to entomb them with their gifts rather than entomb them with the world. The world says you one thing, but you have to be another thing. Respect, you have to learn to respect yourself. You have to learn to respect others. You have to be educated. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go to college, but you have to be educated. In other words, you have to be educated in how to live, why to live, how, how people do things. You, you can go to college. You can do all of those things. Everybody's not built to go to college but you have to enhance those gifts. And if you teach a child, if a kid is a musician, if he can play music, let's point him towards music. If he's a master mathematician, let's point him in that direction. Uh, if he's a if he's a plumber, let's make him a plumber. Right. Now, you're touching on some good stuff here. And I, and I want I want to make sure that we say a lot of this for the next segment. But we'll definitely be right back right after this commercial break. I got Minister Marvin McGill here, founder and president of All Us We. And I tell you what, it's a it's a it's a pleasure for me to call him a business partner. And I tell you, if if, if he gave the story, he probably raised me since I was a knee high from a grasshopper. But I tell you what, it is true. Uh, Marvin's been in the community for um, ever since I was a kid, and it says that you know he's been in the community serving people and helping them come up with a, a way of thinking. And then, you know, the greatest gift that, that we've always understood is that you have the ability to choose. And so that's what I decided to do. That's why I started Live Life Now 365, because I wanted to take what I was able to learn, you know, under his leadership in many ways growing up and then being inspired to create something that could help others. It's a pleasure to have him on. So stay tuned as we get ready to bring you the second segment of this wonderful podcast we got going on. And we're back. Just want to let you guys know I got Minister Marvin McGill. I call him Mr. McGill, a great inspirational leader in our community. You know, he is the founder and president of All Us We. Um, and the mission and vision is something that I definitely think embodies um, what we all should be striving for. But it's really to create a place where youth can develop life coping skills and successfully put themselves into a practice in order to become productive citizens in our community. You know, and I think that that's something that is very much lost in our community today. But uh, Mr. McGill, could you kind of help us understand what you mean by that? Well, as a community, we have to start providing youth with a sense of belonging. Our kids, our children don't actually belong anywhere, so they're more apt to join anybody or anything. That's why we got gangs. That's why we got kids caught up in trafficking, kids caught up in drugs, drug use. You know, we need to support our young folks in the journey to discover themselves and what they are, who they are, and where they can go. We have more young people graduate from high school and move on to a meaningful way of life. Uh, maybe it's continuing education, academic success, or just simply find out who they are and start their own business. In our community, the African, the African community, the African-American community, we uh, got a lot of single mothers raising male children. And we as men have to pitch in, join in, Create a situation where we can help them, where we can teach them, we can guide, we can guide, educate, lead, whatever the case may be. So that's where we are right now. Got it. Got it. No, that's excellent. And I, and I think, you know, some of the primary focuses that you have is to provide youth with a, a quality personal and professional development, um, which allows them to understand these opportunities. So when we talk about, you know, some of the stuff that you got going on right now, um, some of the stuff that you're already doing, 
in order to impact young lives. You know, is there anything that you care to share what you're doing right now in the community? We have several situations. We have real men, real talk for real men. And real talk for real men is where we bring men in of the community of, of different likes, of different walks of lives to show them that you don't have to be a doctor, but you can also, you can have your own business. You can, you can, you can start from pushing a lawnmower to having a lawn care business. Mm-hmm. You can start from babysitting to create a whole new daycare center. It just take whatever skills that you have to create whoever you are. Take your personality, take all of that. We do some peer processing group, a peer processing group where we create a circle of boys or girls where they can express their emotions, things that hurt them. They can bounce it off each other. They can kind of guide each other. We, we, we do that kind of thing. We do a mentoring program where we sit down and we put them with a mentor. We put boys with with a matching mentor to teach them and to, to guide them, to make them, and to have somebody to talk to. Most of the time, our kids do not have anybody to talk to. We, we need to start paying attention and start listening to what they're saying because a lot of times they're saying what they mean, and we just take it lightly and push it to the side. And wherever they find anybody to come, wherever they find the comfort to talk to them, whoever they find to listen, doesn't matter who they are. They could be a predator. They could be anybody. But if they listen, Children need to be listened to. They need mm. to be guided and need to be taught. Mm. Mm. And that could explain some of the, the, the things that we're seeing is that, you know, depending on who's willing to listen to these kids, as you mentioned, it could be a predator. It could be someone who doesn't have their best interests, or it could be the, the, the social media and the media in itself mm-hmm. that begins to speak to your child. And, and, and when we start to see how Mr. Marvin McGill has been so impactful in the community when it comes down to just helping our children understand what it is that they wanted within themselves. We've been working on a project that really is about saving lives and it's about helping kids come out of suicide, suicidal thought, helping parents move through threat of possibly losing a loved one such as their kid. And so, you know, a lot of what we do here mirrors what Mr. McGill has been doing for over 25 years. And I think that is the most important thing is that there has been a consistent effort in this community to continue to help young minds continue to grow. And as your vision reads, it says that it is to bring the best practices of transformational leadership, principles, spiritual and moral development. So we're talking about, you know, an educational and a vocational training. And so when you talk about that educational and vocational training, what are some of the things that you're doing right now um, within the school system to kind of start that process? Well, during, during the week, there's a mentoring program that I do. That I speak to several boys. I've been doing it for the last five years. I don't do numbers, but if you if you say percentage that's, that's done right, I'd have to say it's about 80%. Meaning that boys, that was one place when I met them, they re- re- realized that they were going to another place where what, if the grades were low, the grades, the grades got better. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're talking hundreds of, of children that have been through this and, program and, over the years, but... And that's what you, you start talking about. You meet them where they are and you show them where they can go. And you have to be willing to accept them in the middle mm-hmm. because everybody is not going to make it to 200. Everybody that starts the race don't finish first. But you got to make make the guy that finished fourth feel just as good about his accomplishment as the guy that finished first. That's good. That's, that's our purpose. That's good. That's good. And when you talk about a purpose being something that allows you to be able to get better perspective than that of what they would have taught you in a natural setting in school, 
Um, it says that, you know, one of the things that I've been saying to a lot of people is that when you think about raising your kid for the next 25 years and you think that it may be something similar to what you went through, you've never been your child's age in 2019. You've never been. So we've never been able to think about the next 20 years in 2019. And it becomes imperative that we have people on the front line such as yourself in order to help us do that. But go ahead. Our children are smarter than us. Children are now on computer phones at two years old. So they're much more advanced than we are. So we need to take the tools that they use to create a different mentality because the tools that they use sometimes end in fatality. So we have to figure out a way to make those tools useful. It's the best invention since man, I guess. But on those tools, they learn how to be destructive and constructive. So it depends on and we, that we have to listen to what they're saying. And we also have to know what they're listening to. We also have to understand who they're listening to. We also have to understand who's teaching our children. And our children have to be, this, this is one of my pet peeves. Our children have to be taught at home in order to be better educated in school. But if you're not, if you're not instilling discipline, if you're not instilling certain things in them at the house, when they get to school, they're going to find the worst element. They're not going to go for the best element. And we have to be mindful of that. We have to teach our young boys how to treat young ladies. We have to teach our young ladies how to act. And that don't mean that we they have to prescribe and stay within the line. What we're saying is we have to teach them to protect, respect themselves, respect others. We have to teach our children how to respect other folks. We have to teach our children how to respect their stuff. And we have to teach our children not to rely on stuff that makes stuff the most important thing in their life. So we have to now, as parents, we have to put on our big boy shoes, our big girl shoes, and we have to get in there and grind with our children. We have to be there to grind with them. We have to hear them. We have to see them. We have to listen to them. And we have to get them help when they need help. Everybody's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. So we have to be able to find out what help they need and get them that help. We have to be able in the community to line up and fight for our community. You are what you teach. You are what you do. You get what you pay for. If you buy shoes too small, they're going to hurt your feet. If you don't give your children what they need, they're going to hurt your heart. So it's one of those things where the community, because, you know, people ask me, why do I work so hard trying to do this? I have grandkids. I have granddaughters. I have grandsons. So if I want them to be good people, I have to teach them how to be good people. But you can say what you want. You have children, they're going to bring whatever element that they're, they're running with, whatever they're with, they're going to bring it home. So if you send them out there with the right mindset, the right heart, the right understanding, and the right need, and they can get their needs met at home, you don't have to worry about somebody out there being able to control that. And we have to get people, people that we want. If we, if we pick the people that we want to help our children, we won't have any problems. We, we, we're stuck in a, in a vacuum right now because we don't know who's empowering our children. We don't know what they're being taught. We don't know what the, the music they listen to, the things that they see. And they want to emulate the things on television. They want to emulate the things. I remember a long time ago at the Boys and Girls Club, and uh, we was working. And I was asking the young girls what do they want to be. And, I, and I'm not so hip. I don't know so much stuff. I mean, I don't get caught in that world. And one girl told me she want to be a video vixen. I didn't know what that was, and I went and looked it up, and she just wanted to rent herself out to do videos. It didn't matter what the video was about. didn't matter about the substance. didn't matter about what it was. That's what she wanted to do. In my mind, because I'm old, 
I equate that with dancing in a club somewhere. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. But these are the things that they're looking forward to. They're, these are their heroes. All us, we is out to change their vision of their heroes. Mm-hmm. All us, we is out to change the vision. All us, we is out to make them their own hero. To teach them to go within and go to be the best that they can be. Uh, to help move young young people forward. To teach them that uh, provide young people with the access, the necessary resources to achieve social and academic success, right. succeed work success, to, to provide them with the tools. That's all we got. Right. And I think that's one of the most important things that when you talk about those tools, um, you know, as I begin to understand some of the tools that I've learned, but then also over the history of all us, we and watching how you guys have been able to transform an entire neighborhood and an, an entire community, which has galvanized almost the entire world just based on where each one of these young individuals would have potentially led themselves to be over the last 25, 30 years. Um, but when you talk about it, you, you know, some of the things that are the topics that you discuss um, are character development, positive peer pressure, um, and, and then also building healthy relationships, which you touched on earlier. But if you could, uh, really quick, help us understand the way in which um, you're utilizing the principles that you're teaching through All Us We in order to help when it comes to character development. Character development is you creating a situation where you become your own judge, so to speak. If you if treat, teaching you about right and wrong and how how it affect you. When when I, I try to teach young people, and this is in my mind, and this is how I think. I try to teach young people that what they do affect, just pick a number, 120 people. If you do wrong, then your mother's caught up, your children, your, your, your sister and brother's caught up, your aunt, your grandmother, your friends, your school, your community, your, your church, your mosque, whatever it is, you whatever you do create. And, and character development is every time you say something, every time you think, every time you make a move, you think about the people that it, it, it falls on. You know, it... it, it I, I would like to be the hero of a lot of young people, but the young people's hero, a, a, a baby sister hero is her big sister. A baby brother hero is his, his big brother. We can be the parents. We can do all we want, but most children want to be like their siblings. So we have to be mindful when we do something, how it's going to affect those behind me, the mm-hmm. least of me, the mm-hmm. ones that I can help. You know, uh, Positive peer pressure is simply... Just being positive all the time, and what you do will be positive. You have a, you can have a positive effect on people, and you can have a negative effect on people. And when you when you concentrate simply on the positive, life is good. And in order to, okay, it, it, you've been doing you've been doing wrong for five years. Mm-hmm. So you at the fifth year you decide to stop. All that says is I stop. Now you got to do five years forward. To clean up the five years behind, you still you still got to get to the five years to start over again. That's when you get to that fifth year of being clean. Most of us as parents react to our own pain. I don't want to talk to you because something happened to me when I was 10 and it reminds me and I can prevent it from happening to you if I explain it to you, but it hurts my heart to go back to that. So I keep it to myself. And, 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 and when you run into the same thing, there's no explanation. You know, and, and that's what we have to do. We have to remind our kids. We have to stop awarding them for things that they didn't do. I mean, if you got all Fs, why am I going to buy you some Air Force One? I mean, if you, you, you got to stop saying, well, I want my children to have the things that I didn't have. They, it's impossible. The things that you didn't have made you who you are. So they have to learn who they are through, right. through trials and tribulations. Right. And I think that's, that's the uh, best part about what you got going on, because as you begin to understand the core mission and the objectives of what you guys teach when it comes to helping out these young people, it really becomes 
easier for us to all understand because, you know, one of the main things that we talk about is providing young people with a vital sense of belonging. There you go. They either going to belong to you or they're going to belong to a gang or they're going to belong to the latest club or they're going to belong to whatever. I say, you know, and I talk to kids all the time. I talk to children in school and a lot of times I get what they quote unquote say are the the most risk kids at risk. Mm-hmm. Which are very good kids. They're, they're very good kids. They're just the choice. I get the kids based on how teachers see them. So the, the kids that they think are at risk are really not at risk, but but they think so because based on what they think a child ought to act like. When we give them a sense of belonging, when, you, when a kid is, when, when a child look in a mirror and he likes what he sees, we don't have to worry about it. Most of our children look in the mirror and they don't like what they see because what they see is based on what the world say a child should be mm-hmm. or what, the, what, what, what somebody's told them they should be. But if we just let them be who they are, and that don't mean run wild and act crazy. Um, it means that we work on what they love. I was always told, you are, if you work at what you love, it's never a job. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, hate, if you get up every morning, and some parents do, you know, they get up every morning, they get ready for work to go to a job that they don't like to make money and to buy things to impress people that don't like them. And it creates a sense of hurt, pain, anger, rage, whatever the case may be. And you pass that on. Whatever you bring back into your house, your children pick it up. Your children are like sponges. You teach them. We teach them. So we, we at all us, we, we're trying to teach them to love themselves, give them a sense of belonging, get the very, give them the necessary tools to find what it is that makes them the best of who they are. And everybody can't be valedictorian in school. That's why they only got one. But you can be your own valedictorian. You can be your own person. You don't have to join anybody to make you feel good. I like that. I like that. And then the best part about it, too, as you begin to you know, go into as well as the way in which we start to awaken our society, the needs of those that may be at risk that are in our youth. You know, when we talk about ways in which we're doing that, look at all the programs that you've implemented over the years that have been very successful. Um, You know, one of them had to do with individual and family counseling. And it goes into the specifics of, you know, professional counselors that work with the youth, such as yourself, and as well as working with the family on a short-term basis um, to help improve communication and develop coping and decision-making skills. You know, why do you feel that that is so vital and necessary? Because with the fast-paced world we live in, we very seldom talk to our kids, and if you very seldom talk to our children, we very seldom talk to each other. Because right. if you take, I, I take my own life. Uh, my wife worked at, in the daytime; I worked at night most of the time, and we would be two ships passing in the morning. We spent most of our time together on Saturdays and uh, Sundays, so we are not in touch with our children. Sometimes you're feeling one way, and a child is feeling another way, and you have similar thoughts. You just ne- never communicated. And we have counselors who will help you come up with a plan, a plan that will help you communicate, talk to your children, your children talk to you with ease. And sometimes you need a mediator to be between you, uh, uh, not a referee, mm-hmm. but a mediator, somebody who can determine what 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 you hear and what's being said, mm-hmm. rather than just taking it what I thought I heard you say, and I take that and I take my feelings and I go with that. A, a, a counselor will sometimes help you sort out the little stuff, I help you sort out the stuff that, and, and we all got some stuff packed away that we need to talk about, that we need to fix, and that's impacting our lives, impacting us moving forward because we're still stuck on thinking of things behind us. And then we're trying to raise our children with our own pain. Sometimes we got to get rid of our stuff so that we can talk to our children 
openly, freely, and lovingly. That's how I see it. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think that brings us back to some of the things that you're doing already in order to make that a possibility. And so when you try to talk about the rites of passage adventure weekend, I know that's a great, great way that you've uh, done for decades in order to help our children. But you also have what's called peer processing groups. You know, and what it breaks itself down is, uh, you know, these are groups or programs that specialize in creating uh, safe circles where boys can talk about the events, emotions, experiences of their lives. Um, kind of help me understand that because I know you've said also that, you know, you believe that what this discussion does is it, it places uh, young men in a position to where they can truly begin to understand a lot more than that of what they were able to perceive or what they understood at the time. You know, so when you talk about these peer processing groups, a term that I'm not extremely familiar with, you did say a lot about how it allows them to uh, have um, an ability to express their emotions and, and experiences and things that they and, have in their lives. And talk to like-minded people. Like, like you know, sometimes we, we're, we live in a bubble. We think that we're going, we're the only one going through what we're going through. When you do a peer processing group, that, that allows them to express themselves and find that there are others that's going through that. And then you can take from that the best practices in order to create a situation where you can help them, where the kids can talk freely, where they can talk, mm -hmm. boys can talk freely, they can open up and they can talk about things because a lot of things, uh, a lot of problems with our young men that we keep things in. We keep it in because we think it only happens to us. When you mm -hmm. do a peer processing group, you they realize that I got peers. And quite as a killer, you'd like to be the best woman in the world. You'd like to be the biggest professional. You'd like to be able to come up with all the solutions. But put them in a peer processing group and they will come up with a positive solution for themselves. And they're very protective and they'll take care of each other. Once they once they find comfort, they'll take care of each other. And we have to teach them to teach teach each other. Each one teach one. And that's what we have to do. We have to learn to teach them how to be a positive gang, if you will. That's good. That's good. And what we're saying is that this is a whole life mentoring program, um, a, a whole life mentoring program, and that that is what all us we embodies. Um, and so when you when you think about that, then you think about the the mentoring organizational side of it. It, it allows any eligible boy and or uh, female for that matter, that comes into the program to have the option of being matched up with a trained mentor, someone that's going to guide them and position them with the same level of enthusiasm that you just spoke about. Um, and, and it sounds like there are many kinds of mentor uh, matchups that could be possible considering that it, it's, it's something that's going to be necessary as we get them to the next stages in their life. Well, the public has been doing a uh, mentoring program as, as we speak. You know, it's called uh, Take a Child to Work Day. Mm -hmm. to 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 mirror mm -hmm. what a workday look like, what mm -hmm. a workplace look like. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about a personal individual mentor, you're talking about somebody that um, you can call and talk to and that, that will help you get through the hard mm -hmm. places. Sometimes there's things that you don't feel like you want to talk to your parents or you want to talk to your parents and you don't know how. A mentor will be able to help you word it, help you feel it, help you see it, help you understand it so that you can give it back to your parents so that in a way that it won't be combative, in a way that it won't be hurtful. Uh, I believe that if it's going to be hurtful, don't do it. If it's not helpful, don't do it. If it's going to be harmful, don't do it. So a mentor is, is able to guide you, someone that can talk to you, mm -hmm. someone that you can spend some time with. It. Mm -hmm. and, and each mentor is, is, uh, is trained, is processed. We, you know, we're, we're very careful about who we match boys up with mm -hmm. simply because you're talking about somebody that's going to have an impact on the rest of your life. And we want it to be a loving, positive 
moving situation and teaching and learning situation so that you can go on with the rest of your life and you can look back at everybody need a, a remember when and every every boy every young man every young woman need a remember when when things get rough bad and out of shape you can remember remember when there was someone who paid attention to your life someone who heard what you said and that someone is still available and you can call and, and, and let them know what's going on and someone who's going to cheer you on that's good. That's good. And and I tell you what, you know, um, one thing that I can say is that I've always had that place where I could go where I felt like there was something that was going to cheer, cheer me on. But it, it kind of led down to those uh, meetings that we had back in the day when I was a kid at the Boys and Girls Club and how I've always been able to, I've been blessed to be around people that poured into my spirit, even at a younger age. And I think that that's the uh, whole point of what you have uh, put together here and have been doing for so long. And so when I come back, folks, I want to let you know about the Juvenile Diversion Program. This is a a world-renowning program whereby Mr. McGill has come up with his own thought pattern and implemented it in ways that have allowed us to be able to see tremendous reduction in the way we see that our at-risk teams are being dealt with by the police and then also being given them the education to deal with law enforcement has been the most beneficial part. So stay tuned. I'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. And we're back with another episode of Live Life Now 365 where we have Minister Marvin McGill here who has been my inspirational leader for some time now, has uh, been my mentor and a person that I look for toward guidance. And uh, we're going over some of the things that all us, we, which is the founder as the founding president, uh, Marvin created this company over 25 years ago, but really established it in 2012. Um, and it's really been impactful um, in, in our community where I live at. And so I just wanted to make sure I was able to get him on here and get some of the understanding behind what he does within his program. Um, but as you guys have learned, All Us We is something that really focuses on taking our young minds and be, being able to build them up into something that is able to uh, be productive in society. And that uh, requires us to uh, start with a uh, building of our community. So so one of the programs that he utilizes very well is the Juvenile Diversion Program. Um, now, we know that contact with law enforcement and the juvenile justice system can be a trying time for families, quite frankly, usually for all types of families. Um, one of the things that All Us We uh, program, Juvenile Diversion, uh, is designed to do is to provide an alternative to juvenile justice system to our youth um, in between the ages of 10 to 17. And what it does, it also helps their families. And the main goal of the program is to provide an early intervention for delinquent and pre-delinquent juveniles who have come into contact with police, um, probation, school personnel. Um, these are the ones that we call at risk, but we also must categorize them as such. And additionally, the Divergent Program services to assist the community, which is what All Us We is all about. And and the way they do that is by providing crisis intervention and counseling services. So, Mr. McGill, if you would, uh, please just kind of help me understand how important do you think that this is and how much of a role has it played in the uh, process of your program being able to implement it in our community? As we know and what we see on a day-to-day basis, this is very vital for us to have some type of literacy on? Education. Most of us run into situations where we're not educated on. A lot of things are done to children that shouldn't be done or couldn't be done. And our diversion program, we try to make, make, become a linkage between police, schools, probation office, anywhere that we can come in and, and provide something other than 
going to jail or something else. So we create such uh, programs as Each One Teach One, Real Talk for Real Men, uh, somewhere where kids can be educated on these things that, that happens. And, and, and sometimes we try to educate the police and we try to bring a, a common bond between the police and the community. Uh, educate, educate on both sides. Educate the police about certain things. Educate our, our children, our community about certain things. And, and hopefully create a situation where we can call and talk to one another when things happen rather than act out or uh, act with anger disagreement, whatever, we, we try to just create a situation where instead of calling the police sometimes, sometimes if the police can call one of us and we can come and talk to the child, try to have programs that we can put them in to change their mindset. Uh, we have uh, situations where we have drug counseling, we have gang relations, many things that we can do in our own community and don't have to uh, involve outsiders. Just education, just a way to Find ways for our kids to do things positive. Find ways to, to to keep the reaction down. Find ways in today's society. It's it's so easy to get lost in anger, bitterness. We're we're trying to create a peaceful resolution to our children's problems. Right, right. No, I like that a lot. And I know you touched on this piece when you said anger, um, because you do a very very comprehensive and thorough uh, program when it comes to anger management. Um, but could you help the parents understand exactly what that means when we start talking about our kids and their anger management problems, maybe uh, some of the areas that they stimulate from that would have made them be angry, or just some of the ways in which uh, we can begin to help deal with our uh, children's anger um, that sometimes we may call a disease or what we may misdiagnose. Um, so could you help us understand that? If I would be like anybody, I'd be like Morgan Freeman in Shawshank Redemption. i, I can't do all the stuff that I'd like to do, but I have access to it. And I have access to trained counselors who are able to help children and help families dealing with anger. A lot of times we misdiagnose stuff when we the anger. We have to find out where the anger is coming from. We have to find out the things that took place in their lives. We have to have a safe place for them to do that. And all this we have been able to provide that. So you have counselors on, on board then that, that deal with that within the organization when it comes to the actual counseling of anger management. Right. Um, and I can understand that. And then, But I would also think that you have a, an intellect on what you believe um, some of these stuff stems from. And as you said, you know, they, they're, it's something that is deep-rooted. It's um, deep-rooted. So, so kind of talk about that for me. It's deep-rooted. A lot of anger come from abuse. A lot of anger come from misunderstanding. A lot of anger come from miseducation. But usually, if we can find the, 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 the culprit, the person, the thing, the stuff, the words that said that creates a certain image of the child in his mind. Sometimes it's reaction. It's reacting to how people react to how things are done. If there's anger, miseducation, mis miscommunication in your house, sometimes it brings about anger. If if we put importance on the wrong things, it brings about anger because if we tell a child he should be a certain thing, but we don't provide what he should be or what he should have, then he gets angry. I mean, in my in in my experience, I found that if I can find what made you angry, what made you feel whatever the way you feel about yourself. We can get to controlling 
the anger. But I have, uh, like I said, I have certified counselors who are qualified just to go into that whole thing and create a whole situation where we can, I, I don't promise to get rid of the anger, but I can reduce it. And I think if we know where it comes from, what's the cause, what, 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 stimulus, what stimulus creates that situation, we can get a grip on it. That's that's the purpose of all us we. All us we is is a, is a synonym I came up with. There's no we without all of us. Mm. And it's just that simple. It takes a whole community. It takes a whole village. And sometimes that anger is deep-rooted and it goes generational. And sometimes we just have to go in it and attack it and, and create a better community, create a better, better family, uh, create a global family, mm-hmm. create a, a, a working, striving family. That's that's the purpose. That's the goal. And I think that's one of the most important things that we can get from what all of us we represent is that it has an overall goal and an objective uh, objective to make sure that the entire family included. Um, but but it more so deals with how well we are as a community dealing with an issue in order for the well being of our children. And I like that very very much. And I definitely appreciate you for your time. Um, you know, you, you've definitely been a great mentor in my life that have uh, inspired me. And, and I tell you, it's, it's funny how we've been able to work together, um, bringing the, the new the new school with the old school and being able to really bring it back to just principal fundamentals, um, thought processes that you've taught for some time now. So it's really been a pleasure to work with you. Um, once again, uh, I'm here with Minister Marvin McGill. I'll call him Mr. Marvin McGill. Um, he is the founder and president of All Us We, um, a whole life mentoring program right here in Dallas, Georgia. And I tell you, it's been really amazing over the last 20 years to watch how what he has put together has molded so many individuals. When we talk about soul saving, um, it goes deeper than that of what the eye can see. And so um, I definitely want you all to, uh, you know, if there's something that you're very inter- interested in in regards to how you can help out, how you can volunteer t- uh, volunteer your time, that's great. But we really want you to be able to help us find some of the young men and women, uh, mo- most definitely our young men that are at, at risk. Um, we want to find a way to be able to bring them in. So definitely make sure that if you know somebody that you reach back out to us, um, especially within the Paulding County area, we want to get them involved with all us we program. We definitely want to make sure that you're involved in, into all the information as education. Uh, Mr. McGill said is going to be one of the founding principles of how we're going to take back the minds of our children. And so as, as you continue to grow, um, we, we grow everyone else. And so when we when we talk about everyone being capable of being a leader, it, it just says that true leaders don't create more followers. They create more leaders. And so I'm asking for you all in the community to help us create the next leaders of our future. But more importantly, help us by being able to help so many others understand what it is that all us we represent. And so I thank you, Marvin, for taking the time to come in. And, and, I, and I just want to go over what you're all about once again, which is to create a place where youth can develop life coping skills and successfully put them into practice in order to become productive citizens in our community. I, I don't think there's anything better than that that we can understood. Now, um, you've said it, and I'll just go over it. The primary focus is to provide youth with the quality, personal, and professional development of other opportunities such as career development, unpaid work experiences, and life skills and training, all in an attempt to help them positively grow both academically and personally. And I think if there's nothing else that I've gotten out of what you talked about over this time that you shared with me is that you're personally committed 
to educating, empowering, equipping, enlightening, and then just spreading the truth to our youth with the tools that you've already built that you feel are necessary for a better future and a constructive and positive environment that we look to create. And most importantly, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to sit down with you. I'm so proud of what you're doing within the community because it's inspired me and I look forward to bringing that to an entire generation. So thank you so much for your time, Mr. McGill. Just whole life, whole life as well as all of you, whole life, it means it's set up to help your whole life. And your whole life includes your whole family, includes your whole community and includes your whole country. It includes the whole world. We are, we are trying to create a global movement. Each one, teach one. Whole life. Whole and that's, life. that's the beautiful part about it is, is that it is whole life. And so whole life mentoring is, is uh, broken down to the way that it was just described. I'm thankful to be a part of it. Stay tuned, folks. We're going to be coming back. Um, and, and that'll be next week where we're going to have some more speakers on. We're going to have more people that are uh, just as inspired as Mr. Marvin McGill is. Um, you definitely be seeing him again as well. But it just says that every single week, we want to make sure that we're bringing you someone that's going to be able to help you understand exactly what's going on out here as we strive to live life now 365.